0: Thank you. everybody welcome back it is time once again for your least favorite golf podcast bunker boys uh actually i'm hoping this is your second least favorite we should at least be better than foreplay but anyway uh we have a great episode for you guys this week we're going to review the mexico open and tony finau's huge win there uh and we're also going to get you ready for the wells fargo championship taking place here in charlotte uh we're going to give you our fantasy picks and our betting picks as always uh so super exciting episode for you guys we're ready to get into it um so let's go ahead and let's talk about the mexico open tony Finau uh, apparently he heard that i was not happy with his performance so far this year uh, uh again he had that one win last fall count towards the 2023 season um but he's been playing really consistent golf all year just not to the level i, I guess that we got used to seeing out of him last fall or the, the end of summer i should say um and here he is he, he gets a huge win and it really a, what ended up being a pretty stacked field. You had John Rahm up there as well, uh, who you know made the commitment to play. A lot of people thought, especially after winning the Masters and then playing the RBC the week after, he was going to take you know two weeks off and come back for the Wells Fargo, the next designated event. But he sticks with his commitment to uh, the Mexico Open, and then he uh, will miss out on the Wells Fargo this week. But it's his first designated event miss, uh, so he doesn't worry about giving up his PIP bonus yet. Uh, But slate, just your thoughts real quick on on the whole Mexico Open. Uh, I know you were having a great time out in Dover, Delaware, but uh, just from what you saw, uh, any thoughts you have?
1: Yeah, so I actually had bet before the tournament. I think I bet on Tuesday of last week that Rom was going to get this done. Um, Tony Final did what he needed to do. Uh, Thursday, played solid. About one stroke, or what was he? One stroke off, two strokes better than Rom. Friday is where he really made the difference maker. I mean, he won the tournament by three strokes. He beat Rom on, and now I know it's not like head-to-head play, but in right. terms of strokes, he he beat Rom by four strokes on Friday, which put him ahead six strokes. I mean, uh, of all people that would be able to dig themselves out of that hole, you would think Rom is one of those top five guys that would be able to do that. But, I mean, Finau put himself in the most perfect situation he could. Um, And then you got to see, I mean, Rom went out the next day and did what we would think he would do. He best uh Finau by four strokes and shoots a 61 and yeah. then uh being two strokes down i guess then going into um sunday Final was able to just kind of play his normal game not really have to worry about it too much not have to pressure anything you know and so ends up finishing two better than rom there three better in the tournament and getting the win um but i think that thursday and friday is what won this tournament for him in terms of we had talked about it last week and there wasn't a bunch of uh, big name people in this tournament there was like probably like 10 names that could definitely win this tournament in, in in my eye but um yeah I think that ron was definitely the heavy hitter and to go out there and put six strokes up on him. Uh, after two days definitely what needed to happen for Finale and it turned out great for him.
0: what were your thoughts. Um. So. Just to back up, so Rom or Finau was actually two shots ahead of, of Rom going into Sunday. Um, but it, the, the stigma kind of around Tony Finau and a lot of his performances is when he comes into Sunday, you know, with the lead, is he plays a little too defensive. And, and I said the same of of Jordan Spieth uh, a few weeks ago at the RBC when he had that lead, you can see him then shift from an, an attack mode into a defensive mode, and I feel like that's kind of what ended up screwing him. And uh, again, that's just been Finau's MO is he has these leads in in some of these tournaments. He'll head into a Sunday and just kind of be like, okay, let's not make mistakes. Let's just, you know, do do things here and there. Uh, And and he ends up getting in his own head. And and when you're not aggressive to your normal nature on a golf course, you're going to lose a lot of shots and make some mistakes. Um, But he went out there on Sunday. uh, And I I will back up on, on Saturday. It looked like coming down the final few holes he wasn't putting as well as he had all week leading up to that. And a lot of people started to murmur there. And I was listening to the commentators on TV. It's like, all right, well, here he is. He's starting to get defensive with his putting again. And, you know, he's, he's just trying to lag it up there and Hey, let's, let's two putt this and get out of here rather than, all right, I I know I can go up there and sink this, this 10, 12 foot putt in one, rather than, you know, trying to, to, to do that in two, um, and that's what had sunk him before. And it looked like it was starting to on Saturday. But it, I think him and his caddy sat down. hell Or didn't necessarily sit down. But, you know, were able to have a chance to take a, take a step back, take a deep breath. He got out of that mindset, finished off Saturday really well. And then goes into Sunday and just played mistake-free golf all day. Uh, played a really good round. Him and Rom were battling back and forth. Uh, and the, the pressure of having world number one, not only in your final group, uh, but, you know, just standing next to you as you're trying to play has to play some weight on you. And I know those two have a really good friendship and Ram has talked about that before, Uh, you know, kind of saying, if you're not friends with Tony Fina, like what's wrong with you? Um, And so, I mean, it was cool to see them play together, uh, but at the same time you can see Fina was determined to go out there and get that win. Um, So huge win for him. And again, like I said, he was in the top five in the FedEx cup standings and he, he wasn't playing bad golf all year. It just not, Quite to the level that i thought he would have been playing at again like we saw at the end of last summer he had, uh, had what, three wins or two wins uh, at the end of the summer there and then picked up another one the fall this is his fourth win in 18 starts uh it's not a bad stat it's just i i thought throughout the spring stretch he would have been playing a little bit better maybe picked up a few wins had a few more top fives but clearly he's doing what he needs to do right now uh he finished tied for second last year at the Mexico open. And we saw what that translated to from there. Uh, I can only imagine what a win is going to do for, you know, his summer stretch and, you know, talking about the FedEx playoffs this fall. I'm excited to see where Tony Fiena at in, in a few months. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him throughout the summer. Um, uh,
1: real, real quick, just on that. Also, um, I just wanted to talk about Tony just as a person. I mean, it was really cool to see him during the press conference. He's a full-time father, part-time golfer. Yeah. Um, and then also to see all the pictures and videos that came out afterwards of him playing the par threes with his kids. Um, yeah. It was really cool to see. I mean, the dude just won $1.3 million, beat John Rahm at his own game throughout the week. And uh, like you had said, um, maybe hasn't had the finishes that were expected. But if you do look at the the stats, like you just said, I mean, four wins and 18 starts, it's not bad when you stack them up against the other big names out there. Um, yeah.
0: So it's pretty cool to see. Absolutely. Um, moving on to a story that you and I talked about last week. We had Cartgate over in the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, two huge names that were involved in that uh, were Alejandro uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Hosty and Wilson <laughs> Um they, they were two of the three guys that, that got hit with the two-stroke penalties, and you and I were talking about the implications of that. Alejandro uh, got had a, an invite to the Mexico Open, got to go play down there. Finishes uh, tied for 10th and since it's a large field event that got him automatically qualified for the next designated event, which is this week at the Wells Fargo. Uh, this was his third tour appearance. So, and I, what my interpretation, and I feel like a lot of people's own lines was this is golf's version of, of, you know, ball don't lie. You know, th- this was not their fault. you and I talked about, it. yeah, they need to know the rules, but just kind of the way everything sh- shook out and, and how it was handled by the, the Corn Tour or whoever the, the technical governing body of that is EGA, whatever. Um, and so he goes out there, he gets a nice paycheck uh, from the Mexico Open, and now he has a chance to go play in a $20 million purse field at, at the Wells Fargo. Uh, Wilson Fur also had a really good weekend as well at the Corn Ferry Tour event. Uh, he finished tied for seventh. It ended up only being a uh, three-round match uh, just because of weather. But still, I mean, a huge result for him. I believe he shot a 64 in his last round. So, I mean, awesome news to see those two guys playing so well after – an event that you and I were worried about you know, could be career derailing uh, just because of the, the implications it had of what it did to the World Golf rankings or Corn ferry rankings and, and so on. Uh, so just your thoughts on that before we move on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that just the pronunciation of the name to begin with, I don't know if it's right or not, but Toasty and Fur, pretty funny that those are the two names we're dealing with. Um, but yeah, I think that it's just like you had said, I mean, it, things have a way of sorting themselves out. He went out there. He proved it that he deserves to be there, um, points wise. Um, did it with a big paycheck. I think he made like one hundred seventy thousand dollars off of that off that tenth place finish. And then, like you had said, into the much larger pool at Wells Fargo this weekend, which is just great news for him. And uh, I'm really excited to see how he does. Not enough to put him on my
0: fantasy team, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see. It. I hope things keep looking up for him. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, as always, it is time now for the fantasy picks uh, we have. I, I had my first win uh, since when, when's the last time I won. It looks like I think I won Dell Technology Match Play. That's the last time I won an event. The first or the last time I won like an actual stroke play tournament was all the way back at the Honda Classic. So I've been struggling here lately. Um, you, Nick, and Sam have all been pouring it on. Uh, so let's go ahead. We're going to look at our updated standings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so, Slade, you still lead the way here. Nick is, is falling into my grasp. Uh, I was just talking to you about this before we hopped on. He was talking a lot of crap to me on Sunday after the tournament was over, saying, Oh, you know, if, if George was a little bit better at this, we'd have a four way battle for the lead. Uh, he should be worried about falling in the last place. He's only seven points ahead of me. Um, but you have a six point lead over Sam and then a 19 uh, point lead over Nick, 26 points over me. Uh, but I, I'm gaining ground. I've gained a little bit of ground the last few weeks. So I'm, I'm more than happy with that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're almost at the halfway point. Um, but with me winning, uh, I'll go ahead. and I'll make my fantasy picks first. Take the pressure off of Slave for once. Um, so first up, I'm going to go with Max Homa. Uh, he won at Quail Hollow in 2019 for the Wells Fargo. I believe that was his first career PGA win, um, or one of his first at, at the very least. Uh, and then he also won the Wells Fargo event last year that was held at TPC Potomac. Uh, so a little different venue, but still, this is a, a tournament that he feels very comfortable in, uh, and he has good success with the Wells Fargo brand. So I, I expect nothing different here. Uh, at last fall's President's Cup that was held here at Quail Hollow, he went 4-0-0 and, o and o, uh, in all of his, his matches, so he obviously plays very well here. He's had a rough stretch here ever since, uh, I believe it's the Genesis, we've talked about it. Just has it looked like the dominant player that we saw so early on, in, you know, back in uh, January, February, March. Uh, we've been waiting for that kind of resurgence to come back. Hopefully some familiar ground where he has proven success before. Uh, it is a place where he can break out and, and play really well this week and, and get back on that track. Uh, next pick I have is Jason Day, or excuse me, is Roy McElroy. Uh he, I was at the event in 2021 when he won here. Uh, he also won in 2010 and 2015. they great success here. Again, somebody that we have talked about a lot not playing up to the, the standard that we hold him at. You know, He won that DP World Tour event, I believe, back in January, uh, and that was his last win. He finished uh, third at the Dell Technology Match Play, um, but missed the cut at the players. Uh, he withdrew from the RBC. He missed the cut at the Masters as well. So not the Rory McIlroy that we're used to seeing. Uh, hopefully, again, just like Maximum, a familiar territory somewhere that he has won three times. Uh, it is going to be a nice platform to boost him up. Uh, and get his summer on a roll here. Next up is Jason Day. Uh, won here in 2018 uh, when the PGA Championship was here in 2017. He finished, uh, excuse me, he won that as well. Or no, he did not. I believe he finished tied for seven. But regardless, good history here. He has just played so solid to start this year. It's a resurgent Jason Day. He's kind of fallen off since his early spring success. Uh, and by falling off, I mean he's finishing, you know, 30s, 20s, um, it's somewhere in there. But I I think this is, again, a good place for him. It fits his game really well. So I'm expecting a lot out of Jason Day. Tom Kim uh, went two with three in his matches at the President's Cup. He also lost Max Homa. But uh, he just seemed to kind of gel with this place so well. Uh, He he was very relaxed here. And and this was really his coming out party last year, um, playing for the international team at the President's Cup. So I'm expecting, you know, some... Some good mojo here, Uh, and I think, like I said, I think this this course fits his game really well. It's going to be a lot of fun watching him play this weekend, Uh, so I'm I'm watching out for Tom Kim. Keith Mitchell is my next pick. Uh, He finished tied for eighth in 2019 and tied for third in 2021. Um, Since then, he's become a more consistent player. We saw it this year. He was competing for wins early in the year, kind of dropped off, but I, I see a resurgence in him heading into the summer here, and again, a place that he has played very well before. So I'm going to take Keith Mitchell on my team this week. And Cameron Young, uh, he's second in driving 18th in stroke gain T to green. Uh, He's still waiting on that first win. I'm expecting uh, nothing less out of him ever since we saw him really have that breakthrough. And again, I'm going to talk about it with the new caddy at the Dell Technology Match Play. Um, So I'm waiting on that first win coming anytime now. And what better place to do it than here in Charlotte? Uh, Slade, let's look at your picks.
1: Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of go out of order here. Just uh, Cameron Young, I'm going to back it up right with what you had just said. Uh, I bet against you when you had said about the caddy and everything was completely wrong. Cameron Young came out and shocked me. Um, so I am, too, going to be sprinkling him into my lineup over the next few weeks in hopes that I am able to catch him in my roster when he does finally get that win that it does seem like he's he's very close to getting. Uh <clears> off. <throat> Tom Kim, I don't know what kind of coming out party you were talking about, but like you had said, he's done very good. Uh, so I, I'm I'm willing to put him on my roster. I'm going with Keith Mitchell also. I think like you had said that he's really progressed over the last couple of years. He's had two top ten finishes here uh, over the last couple of years. And I, I just think that like you had said, he's, he's really playing some solid uh, golf, kind of really getting into his form and being able to compete week in and week out instead of just like two or three times a year um, I'm going with Ricky Fowler. Uh, I think at some point he's got to prove it. He's got to get up there. Um, I think that he's done a very good job of showing that he's on the right track and coming back. Uh, he's just had to kind of play from behind at least a couple weeks ago in terms of points and stuff like that. Now he's kind of more close to being able to be lo- Is he locked in for all the big tournaments yet? Um, um, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I think he's very close, but, um, Xander Shopley. I I went with Xander because I think that he has a way of just being able to stand out on weekends where you wouldn't think that he would be, uh, the guy you would think that he's going to be somewhere around like that T 10, 15, somewhere in there. And I think that those are the weekends that he's able to get himself up into the top five and be a good fantasy player. Uh, and lastly, I'm going with Patrick Cantley. Uh, I strictly going with him because I think that he just had the best pickup of all of the golfers this season, even ahead of Cameron Young. Um, I think that his new caddy is only going to help him. There's not going to be any decline in this, and I think that he's going to con- continue to perform at the level we've already seen him, and he's uh, Joe's going to be able to help him kind of fill in the gaps there in those parts that we've seen him kind of struggle with every once in a while.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a huge pickup for him, uh, and again, he has played really well here, especially the last few weeks. Played well at the Masters uh, until he kind of fell apart on Sunday, but then again, you go to the the... Uh, RBC, and he was right there in contention through Sunday. Uh, so this is maybe a change for him that can help him take that next step, where he's not just you know competing for wins throughout the year, and then we get to the playoffs, and he seems to sneak that one in at the uh, BMW Championship every year. Uh, but hopefully, bring more wins throughout the, the rest of the year as well. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this this you know relationship grow and develop, uh, and seeing where it can take uh, Patrick Patrick Cantley going forward. Uh, it's time now for our cash out picks for the Wells Fargo. Uh Slade, I'll let you go first. It was a rough week for all of us last week. Uh you went 0 for one and I went 0 for 2. Um I had uh Linda Clark finishing the top 20. He tied finished tied for 24th. So just missed that one. And then Matt Wallace was top 30 and he missed the cut. So uh let's let's get back on track this week. Uh let's go ahead and go over your picks.
1: Yeah, so I think that Rory is going to really be able to show out and and really perform the way that we've seen him perform lately. I think that everyone had a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth after he had pulled out from that tournament recently. And and so I think that this is where he kind of proves that he's still capable of being the top 10 player and, and kind of doing that week in and week out. And I paired that with Cantley and his new caddy and them being able to Help Cantley get over the hump with, like you had said. It seems like it, when it comes to either Sunday or there's a or a bad Friday or something like that, just hasn't been able to completely piece it together every single week. And so I think that this is the starting ground for him to be able to do that with this new caddy changeup. And I think them two at T10 at plus 386 is a good pick for this weekend. Um, my other one is so I haven't done this one before. I just saw it on there. I was like, you know what, he's on my roster. I think that, that is is a decent pick. Um. Top international player. I'm going with Tom Kim at plus a thousand. Uh, I think that there was only two guys above him, um, in terms of, of uh, odds. But I, I just think that he's going to really be able to to get up there and place in the top fifteen. And I think that that might be enough to get this bet to cash.
0: Yeah, uh, really good picks. I like those. Uh, my first pick uh, is another round one head-to-head matchup. These guys are in the same. Uh, key group uh, is Ricky Fowler over Justin Thomas. Uh, I tried to go with one that wasn't necessarily an obvious pick. Like I think one was um, like Cantley over Corey Connors and no disrespect to Corey Connors, but like, come on, like Patrick Cantley versus him. Um, But so I went with one that is going to get you plus odds. Uh, So this is at plus 100. Again, Ricky Fowler won here in 2012. He has five top tens and nine top twenties this season. Uh, and this has been the you know the resurgent year of Ricky Fowler, you and I can't stop talking enough about him. He's one of our favorite golfers, so you know, we're we're gonna be all over it. And, and JT just has not been the same, I really want to say, ever since he won the PGA last year. And, and he's been very vocal about his, his personal struggles and, and you know, and it's just a life of a golfer, you know. You, and I, I can only imagine when you're on the, the pro stage like they are, where everything seems like it's clicking at one point, and then next thing you know, it feels like you're back picking up a club for the first time. So I, I'm just not confident in JT's game yet. We'll have to see where it goes from here. Uh, I would love to see him get back up there competing for more wins uh, here soon. And uh, hopefully he does it this weekend. But I think round one, I'm going to give Valor over Thomas. They tee off in the afternoon. Uh, so the, the, the course conditions are, are going to be well broken in. Everything should be firming up by then. So I, I think that benefits Fowler a little bit more than Thomas. But we shall see. Next pick I have is Jason Day to finish in the top 20. This is at plus 120. Again, 2018 winner, six top tens this year alone. Uh, I, I just really feel like this course fits Jason Day somewhere. He has had a lot of su- su- success before, uh, so I, I expect nothing less out of him. Uh, and I think finishing in the plus or top twenty, just with the season he's had so far, uh, to come in at plus one twenty odds was was a, was a gimme for me. Uh, so those are going to be my picks for this week. I believe uh, that is all that you and I have for this week. Uh, a, a nice, quick, easy episode. Uh, but we're going to be back next week to break down the Wells Fargo. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm still holding on to a smidgen of hope that I can at least make it out there for maybe a little bit tomorrow morning. Um, I was just really sad that they changed or when e- ESPN or PGA Tour, whoever announced their, their starting times the, on Instagram, waited until so like halfway through and they're like, oh, this is who tees off in the morning on day two. And I saw Ricky Fowler was like, teeing off at 7 30. I was like, oh my God, I can make that tea time. And then I realized it was Friday. I was like, oh, oh wait, God. he actually tees off at 2 p.m. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I have to go to work. But uh, I'm, I'm going to play a round of golf tomorrow. So we'll be back to talk about all about that as well. Uh, hopefully Slate will get out this weekend. But uh, we'll be back next week. Break down the Wells Fargo. Get you ready for the at t Byron down in Texas. And then uh, and the week after that is the PGA Championship. So another major uh, championship is right around the corner. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited to get you guys ready for all of that. Thank you for checking us out as always, and we will see you in the next episode.